Libraries are closing due to meth contamination. A grocery store with all items made from plastic just opened. And schools are banning physical contact, preventing students from holding hands and hugging. These are the weird stories for Wednesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast recorded inside a closet. There it is. There's the wall right next to my ear. A second library closes due to meth contamination. The story is out of Colorado. For the second time in a month, a Colorado library had to close its doors in order to clean up a methamphetamine contamination situation. Officials in the Denver suburb of Englewood shut down the city library last week within a couple of hours of getting test results that showed that the contamination in the facility's restrooms exceeded state thresholds. Other spaces, such as countertops, also tested positive for lower levels of methamphetamine as well and will require specialized cleaning. I'm very confused at what's going on here. You got people doing meth in the library? This sounds more like a Los Angeles library than a Colorado library. It says here, the larger scale remediation work will include removing tainted surfaces, walls, ductwork, and exhaust fan equipment. It sounds like there's methamphetamine in the walls and floating around in the ductwork and in the air in the atmosphere of this library. How does this occur? I'm so confused. Let's keep reading. It says here, the city of about 30,000 just south of Denver decided to test for the methamphetamine drug after officials in the nearby college town of Boulder, Colorado, closed its main library after finding similar meth contamination. They say this is the latest example of the balancing act that urban libraries have to navigate between making their facilities welcoming to everyone while also keeping them clean and safe. It says when a rash of overdoses in libraries were reported in the mid-2010s as the opioid crisis grew across the U.S., some libraries were equipped with the antidote naloxone, known by the brand name Narcan. So far, it seems library closures triggered by methamphetamine contamination are limited at this time to Colorado, according to Raymond Garcia of the American Library Association, which is unaware of any happening elsewhere across the country in recent years. The group declined to comment on whether drug use has been increasing in libraries, citing a lack of up-to-date data. Well, clearly there's an uptick in drug use in libraries if your walls have meth in them. <laughs> I think that goes without saying. Now, I mean, of all the places to smoke meth, I never thought to do so in a library. I mean, I'm not into smoking meth, but if I was, it wouldn't be inside a library. The last thing I want to do is be around books when I'm on meth. I want to be bouncing in a bouncy house. That's what I want to be doing. <laughs> Health officials say meth residue can be an irritant causing symptoms such as itchy throat, bloodshot eyes, a runny nose. But secondary exposure isn't believed to cause any long-term chronic health concerns, thankfully. You're not going to overdose while reading a book at the library then, thankfully. Drug use is not common, it says, in the Englewood Library, but reports of it have increased in recent months as colder weather led more people to seek shelter there, with only a small number of them using in the library. Okay. More broadly, the library has attracted more homeless people since fully reopening after closing it at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, I've noticed that the libraries in Los Angeles attract a lot of homeless people as well, especially in the summer months when it's just unbearable and you have to be indoors in air conditioning, and the libraries have that. 
They interviewed one citizen about this who said, quote, Well, I think if they would clean their restrooms a little bit more or paid attention to the restrooms and stuff or the, the people going in there, they wouldn't have this problem. In my view, the library should have better security and more frequent checks of the facilities. Yeah, I mean, are you aware what they pay these employees? Oftentimes the library is staffed with volunteers. And I mean, <laughs> for zero bucks an hour, I'm not going to be a bouncer of a library bathroom and bounce out all the meth addicts. I'm just not doing that. Um, the library that I frequented in downtown L.A. had a police officer there quite a bit. But not always, you know, this is what you're dealing with with a library. I mean, you can't police this kind of stuff without having kind of the police force in or around there. And, I, you know, who knows what kind of budgets communities have, you know. A lot of times the police are sent to other places that they feel are more important. They, the last thing you think that is that you need a cop inside a library. In, in some libraries, you sort of do. Now, this particular library, the Englewood Library, has made some changes to help homeless people who go there. There's an outreach group that comes each Monday to offer services, such as help getting identification, food vouchers, housing, etc. Well, that's one way to help the situation, yeah. Have an outreach group right at the library. Uh, oftentimes, that's a place you'll find people that need help. You know, a bigger issue is libraries struggle with getting funding. They're struggling to just stay open these days. And so how are they going to have more programs? How are they going to hire security when they're getting very little funding? Because libraries are on the outs. People are going digital for everything. And the library usage is just becoming less and less each year. I like libraries, though. It's a nice, quiet place to go and smoke weed. I'm just kidding, guys. No, I meant go there and read and use the card catalog. Yay! A grocery store with items made from plastic. Ann Arbor, Michigan... A grocery store that features thousands of products made entirely of discarded plastic opened to the public on Tuesday. It's called the Plastic Bag Store. It is a custom-built public art installation and film experience designed to encourage all visitors to think more about the enduring impact of single-use plastics. The store in Ann Arbor features shelves stocked with items such as meat, eggs, cakes, all made from single-use plastics taken from streets and garbage dumps. The store at times during the day will be transformed into a stage for a series of short films and videos in which puppetry and handmade sets are used in order to tell a story about the dangers of plastic waste and the consequences for our future generations. As the show's tagline puts it, part installation, part film, all bags. If you don't know, plastic bags are created by fossil fuels and often end up as waste in landfills and oceans. Sadly, Americans toss out 100 billion plastic bags each year, according to the World Watch Institute, which is an environmental research organization. Robin Frohart is the creative force behind the plastic bag store. Robin is quoted as saying, Well, I got the idea many years ago after watching someone bag and double bag and then triple bag my groceries. I just was sort of struck by how ridiculous how much packaging is involved in our everyday lives. It just seems so absurd to me. I just thought, maybe I could make a project that's even more absurd. Therefore, we have the plastic bag store. The plastic bag store's shelves are lined with items whose names are intended to mimic real-life products, such as yucky shards, 
bits of plastic crap, bagamite, and filthy Delphia roll. One product Frohard didn't have to alter was baguettes, because it was already in the name, she said with a laugh. The plastic bag store will run through February 5th, and it is presented via a partnership between the University of Michigan Museum of Art, University Musical Society, University of Michigan Arts Initiative, and the Graham Sustainability Institute. Tickets are $30 for general admission. Student tickets cost $12. This particular creative installation uh, has appeared elsewhere. It was in Times Square in 2020, and it has since made stops in Los Angeles, Chicago, Austin, Texas, and Adelaide, Australia. Another quote from Frohart. I hope that we can continue to tour this project and bring it to different communities. My dream would be that this project really becomes irrelevant. But unfortunately, it probably won't be. Well, if you guys are in the Michigan area, I urge you to check out the plastic bag store. It sounds very weird. It's got some humor in it. I love that. The power of art, by the way, to bring attention to areas in the culture or in the environment that we need to bring our attention. That's the power of art. This is art being used for a great purpose, a higher purpose. And I support that. And that's why I've dedicated my life to being an artist because I, it's a way that I can contribute to the culture. And I, I don't think on my deathbed I'll regret that. Schools have banned hugging and holding hands. Students at two schools in the United Kingdom have been banned from having any physical contact among the students, including hugging and holding hands. Officials at the Highlands School in Chelmsford, Essex in England, instructed parents recently that students were no longer allowed to participate in, quote, any aggressive contact, which includes hugging or holding hands. Well, I wouldn't call hugging or holding hands aggressive, would you? Seems like a strange adjective to describe hugging. Aggressive, really. Uh, Obviously, if people are running around and giving each other wedgies, that's aggressive contact, I'd say. Uh, Headbutting, also aggressive. But holding hands? Hmm, I question that as aggressive. Let's keep reading, though. Maybe I'm the one who is totally out of whack here. Catherine McMillan is the school's assistant headteacher. She said in a letter that the school, quote, will no longer tolerate any physical contact within our community. This includes any aggressive physical contact, hugging, holding hands, slapping someone, etc. The letter continued, noting the rule is to ensure everyone's safety. Quote, This is in order to keep your child safe. If your child is touching somebody else, whether they are consenting or not, well, anything could happen. The letter from the headmaster continued to explain that Physical contact could, quote, lead to an injury, make someone feel uncomfortable, or someone being touched inappropriately. McMillan said the guidelines prevent romantic relationships, which are already banned at the school. She noted, however, the school wishes children would, quote, make really positive friendships. Yeah, make positive friendships, but from a distance. No high-fiving after a goal, guys. Now, if your child is asked to take their hands off another student, they will receive a loss of privileges. Maggie Callahan, the executive head teacher for Highlands School, told the media that the school prioritized well-being at all times and that the policies are designed to support their culture of mutual respect and inclusion. And their most recent policy has received positive feedback from parents and pupils alike. 
Administrators at South Church High School in South End on Sea, a coastal city in England, similarly instructed parents that students were not to make contact. Students are not allowed to touch each other whilst on site. Absolutely no touching. And this will help create a very calm and orderly atmosphere and ensure that there is no confusion about play fighting or anything more serious. Exceptions, including performing arts classes, where students likely have to make contact during dances, sporting contests, and physical education courses. Okay, so you can still high-five after you score a goal. That's nice to know. Well, um, to me, this seems like throwing the baby out with the bathwater a little bit. I mean, you're not going to let students hold hands or hug ever or touch each other unless it's been sanctioned during an activity. I mean, I think the proper way to address this is to just be normal about it and allow normal interaction. Normal human interaction involves touching other people, in case you're wondering. Not in like, you know, overtly sexual ways, this sort of thing. Obviously, that's wrong, unless it's consensual and usually private. You know, not on school grounds. I get that. But I mean, (laughs) what are we doing here? Just, like, observe the behavior, and if it's out of control in certain instances, it might be, then you deal with it. Or if a student reports that there was an instance where it was unacceptable, made them uncomfortable, then you deal with it. You don't just ban all physical interaction. It just seems odd to me, but whatever, I'm not a parent. (laughs) I just see the culture spiraling into very weird corners of behavior these days, and um, I'm not sure I agree with all of the changes, so... But I'm I'm open to hearing from others. What do you guys think about this? Give me some feedback, especially parents. Uh, my number is 646-450-2012. Of course, you can email me as well, funnyjones at gmail.com. I would love to hear from somebody f- from the UK. You know, Write me with those big words that you use. I'm always trying to learn big words, so I expect you to write me and use the word brilliant and knickers, torch, and boot, these kinds of words. I like them very much. Hi, everyone, and thank you for spending some time with Jonesy in the closet for another episode of Weird AF News. If you haven't already, please like the podcast, subscribe if you'd like some more of this. We do it five days a week here because I'm a beast. I got a nice review from Rachel M. Whitney on Amazon, and she gave me five stars. Let's give her a round of applause, everybody. All right. Thank you for taking the time, Rachel, for writing me this five-star review on Amazon. She wrote a whole paragraph, too. I'm going to read it. She wrote, Yay for Jonesy. That's a nice title. And then she wrote, This podcast is hilarious. Love how it's improv, so you never know what's going to come out of Jonesy's mouth. I listen on my commutes to and from work, and I always feel like such a weirdo, laughing hella hard all by myself. I can't help it. I've literally tried to keep a straight face. And it's just not possible, guys. I appreciate the love that Jonesy shows his listeners and fans. Join all of us weirdos. Give Weird AF News a listen. How about that? Rachel M. Whitney, you all-star. Thanks for stepping it up and giving me this awesome review on Amazon, which is a place I need positive reviews, because as you know, I get a lot of negative reviews on Amazon. So this is lovely when I get one like this. I'm so grateful for you, Rachel. Thank you so much for spending your time and doing that for me. Uh, I also want to give a shout out and a give thanks and pl- praise to someone who bought me some coffees. It's Peter Tuggins. 
Um, and I realize that is a play on words. So I don't know who this really is, but I love, I love this individual sense of humor. Peter Tuggins <laughs> buying me coffees. Peter Tuggins wrote me a nice message too. Now moderate yourself, Jonesy. We all want you to continue this podcast. I thoroughly enjoy this show and listen to it every morning on my commute. Love you. Good luck with your life, man. Good luck with your life, man. Peter Tuggins, whoever you are. <laughs> Thanks for the coffees. I appreciate that. Um, I've been drinking some amazing coffee since the new year. I have to tell you, so many people sent me coffee and bought me coffees that I've just been... My coffee game is through the roof right now, man. Top-notch stuff. Top-shelf stuff for Jonesy these days. Well, if you would like to buy me a coffee and write a funny message, you can go to weirdafnews.com. And uh, that's a place where you can buy Jonesy a coffee. You can also join the Patreon there, which is another way to support the show. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you can also download the Patreon app on your smartphone and do a search for Weird AF News to support there. But I realize that money is tight, which is why we give Peter Tuggins some extra love. Um because it's just, it's hard going these days. Inflation is real. The price of food is nuts, man. It's nuts. I've been following these CPI reports and this sort of thing. Yeah, Jonesy, I, you, I, you follow the CPI reports? That's right, man. I pay attention to the economy. You know, I give a damn. Anyways, so if you can't afford to do such things is what I'm saying, um, then leave me a, a nice review or tell a friend about Weird AF News. That doesn't cost you anything but your time. And, um, and I appreciate that as well. Uh, if you would like to send me a story, my email is funnyjones at gmail.com, or you can drop it in my Instagram, at funnyjones, um, which is a good place to follow what I got going on. You can watch a lot of my stand-up clips and whatnot, find out where I'm performing, and just get a little glimpse into what I'm up to. If you want more of me, I understand a lot of you don't need any more of me because you already have this five days a week. But in case you want a little bit more, at funnyjones is my social media handle pretty much everywhere. I appreciate your time. Have a good one.